myself too much. <laughs> I sort of get tired of my own voice after a while. Um, it's the same with anything. I always prefer playing a character to being myself on stage. Being myself sort of terrifies me a little bit. So writing fiction sort of feels much more natural and it feels like there's less boundaries and less limits within reason. I know my editors are probably listening to this going, oh God, there's going to be a line one day where I have to tell her that's too far. But I do like not having those boundaries there and being able to create these weird worlds and these fantastical characters which reality sort of limits and puts boundaries on. So which character from the new book are you most proud of? I think Sonny. There's a character called Sonny Shine who's my favourite simply because he's such an exaggerated, enthusiastic, slightly bonkers character. And he is sort of the comic relief of the book as well, which I just had a lot of fun writing. And then also narrating, right? So you're, you, you've narrated the audiobook version yes. of this. Was that fun? Yes. It's, it's extremely hard work. I, you know, I think a lot of people dismiss the work that goes into audiobooks because it's, you know, it's just reading a book. I do that all the time. But suddenly when you have to read it out loud without making mistakes or making as few mistakes as possible that can be easily edited out and the pacing that you have, you know, you have to talk slow enough so that the person listening can actually register what you've said and process it and enough to understand the story, which is a lot more difficult than people give it credit for. But you're so used to acting, you've been on stage, on so many other things. Is it that different from being on stage? Um, no, it's not. But it's just a lot more measured and all in one go because, t you know, reading a book takes a good few hours or a few days. Whereas when you're in a show, it's, you know, an hour and a half, two hours and you're done, you go home, that's it. But yeah, when, when you're reading a book, it took like three or four days of nine o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the evening, just solid reading. And all of a sudden you, you're sort of, you're getting, your voice is a little bit croaking. You're like, yeah. oh, oh, OK, I need a break. I guess it must be quite, I don't know if lonely is the word, but when you're on stage, obviously you're part of a cast, you've done a lot of musicals, you're part of a big ensemble. When you're reading an audiobook, it's, it's kind of just you in a studio yeah. with your voice. Was, that, was it hard to kind of keep going for a full day? Yeah, you, you sort of get to about an hour and a half and suddenly you, you start tripping over your own tongue and sentences start to blur on the page in front of you and you need to sort of sit back and go, OK, I need to get out of this tiny, tiny little booth because I'm starting to go a little bit crazy. I've got cabin fever now. <laughs> <laughs> so what are there some roles that you would love to voice? So you've written your own stuff, you've voiced your own characters. Are there some roles that other people have written that you think, God, I'd love to give that a go? That's such an interesting question. I'd love to voice the character in my favourite author's book. My favourite author is Andrew Kaufman, and he writes a lot of magical realism and some weird and wonderful characters that I would love to voice one day. So tell me about magical realism, because it's something that some people might not be familiar with. What does that mean in books? It's just the idea of putting magic into a real world, as opposed to like creating a big fantasy world where magic is the norm. It's putting magic into our own reality that we know today, but just accepting it. There's sort of no real explanation as to why it's there. It's sort of just, there is magic in our world and that's, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and so you mentioned Andrew Kaufman. Are there other authors that you've really enjoyed over the years that you recommend to all of your friends? You must give this a read or a listen. David Nichols is one I absolutely love all of his books, although I have yet to read Us and I, it's sitting on my shelf sort of calling out my name every time I go to it and I need to find the time to read it. But The Understudy, particularly by David Nichols, is a book that I love being an actress and sort of relating to that whole industry and reading about it. I was like, that's my life. I connect with that so strongly. And, you know, all the classics like Harry Potter and The Hunger Games. It's so fun to go back to sort of your classic YA, which 
never feels like YA to me. I still always sort of enjoy it as an adult, which I think is really good YA. Who's the audience for this novel? Is it is it young adults or is it adults? Is it children or do you think it could appeal to everyone? It's technically categorised as women's fiction, so it's for adults, but I think from the age of 16 up, you, you know, there's something for everyone within it. Well, that's what I've tried, tried yeah. to do anyway. <laughs> How do you feel about getting the book out there and starting to hear real feedback? Because I think, I guess, with non-fiction, it's like, this is my life. And a lot of your fans already know, yeah. you know, they know about you. There's, there's no big surprises. I guess it's a bit more of a kind of risk putting fiction out there. Does yeah. it make you nervous? It does. It also feels more personal, fi fiction does. Because um, non-fiction, it's, you know, stories that I've told over and over again throughout my life. And I've sort of gauged the reaction from family and friends. And... There's only so many reactions you can have to a real life story. And usually it's always quite empathetic. You know, people sort of sympathise with you or they they gasp when you gasped in that story or they'll cry when you cried. And But with fiction, it's a story.